Greetings in the name of Christ. It is indeed a blessing to be back at home and to fellowship here. I've been looking forward to being in Minnesota. Unfortunately, our times have been... It's been a, quite a while. And it's, uh, it's not that we were sitting at, at our Manitoba home day in and day out. I'm... I am I am now known to be when I'm asked the question where do you live I I give my address as a suitcase <laughs> and that's uh, probably about almost as true as possible yes uh, I had the privilege of being in Ukraine and Romania I wish so much Joanne could have been with me she could have but because of we know how travel affects some of her health situations chose that that was probably not the wisest and um, but um, why was I there it was not uh, a, um, a vacation um, MIM Masters International had asked if I would come and teach Bible school um, they have a week long kind of six day Bible school for their young people plus then there's a workers day and a church fellowship day there's four congregations there and um, been asked to serve with some others there and had a wonderful time of course thank you Brother Wendell um, everything was in translation uh, at least for many of the people there are those that do speak English it was a wonderful time of relating to 50 young people 50 plus about 50 55 young people on a campus that would make uh, Maranatha next to heaven <laughs> it was just one of the mission compounds um, all students uh, lived with families or uh, and there's only two missionary families plus two single girls and so there's three residences and one other uh, sewing room that kept all these 50 young people so living room floors were filled with uh, mattresses and things like that. Uh, the, the, the kitchen uh, was uh, just one of the houses where the food was prepared. Our cooks did a fantastic job. And by the way, the borscht still tastes the same in Ukraine as when our people left 140 years ago because Joanne still cooks it the same way too. So that felt very much at home. Um, had a wonderful time of fellowship there then a dream come true I had the privilege of with two other couples Bruce Yancey's and Nathan Yoder's of traveling down to Zaporozhye which is the area where the Russian Mennonites first settled when they came from Prussia in the 1890s and uh, got to see some of what I consider to be home never been there uh, we were not in the colony where Joanne and my families would have grown uh, the daughter colony where we would have grown there's really nothing left of that there that has a Mennonite indication except one or two grave markers but uh, where our, the original mother colony was where our people would have lived before the daughter colony we had the privilege of seeing a lot of a lot of old buildings and reflecting on some very serious things saw for example a grave marker 
that marks the burial place of 76 men and 6 ladies who were massacred with the Nestor Mahnov one of those bandi- uh, roving bandit situations of the 1917-1918 saw and heard a lot of stories like that many, many saw the work of the Lord there then this past week had the privilege of being in Romania with Christian Aid Ministries there as well and CA, uh, Christian Light is involved in the schools both in the Ukraine and in Romania so was really on a work trip there um, visiting some of the schools and families that are using Christian Light material but we're glad to be back here we are I'd like to look at First Peter again chapter 2 <coughs> going further from what I believe was the last time I spoke here and it's so good to see house of God so filled with people it's a real blessing I want to look at 1 Peter chapter 2 from verses 4 through 10 before I go on I'd like to uh, also say that the churches in the Ukraine and in Romania bring greetings um, that is a very very common thing when when there are people in church uh, then uh, uh, opportunity is given does anybody have greetings and usually if people have traveled somewhere and says yes I do I have so and so and those people send greetings to us and uh, those are conveyed and then of course is anybody traveling then of course you take greetings somewhere else of course I believe in, in under communist oppression this greetings was a tremendous system of support encouragement for each other and they send greetings to you. In First Peter chapter 2, beginning at verse 4, I like to look at the privilege of belonging. And for you children, I'd like to first tell you a story. <clears throat> I visit many schools. Of course, I visit the school here. I don't think I'll be able to get to it this time yet. I'm not sure. Maybe I might do it one day, Sister Rochelle. Give you a head, heads up warning. Um and um, I visit many schools and the one school that I visit in Ontario, Canada there is a boy there that's a very he's a special friend of mine and he is a special boy his name is Willie Willie is probably now about 9 or 10 years old and Willie has a condition it's called Down Syndrome that means he's, he doesn't think like other children do he doesn't talk like other children do. He looks different. You can tell that Willie is different. He was born that way. And he's a very special boy. When Willie uh, started school, his parents asked if he could be part of the Christian school. They know that Willie, Willie will never be able to learn how to read. He, he, he can't do that. He doesn't know how to read. He won't. Maybe he can read some words, but he won't be able to read a book. He won't be able to do that. Willie will never talk clearly like you and I talk. Uh, Willie will act different, and he, and he, and he does. Uh, Willie, Willie loves people. Willie loves being at school. When Willie started school, there was a problem and your teacher would have a problem with that too because Willie just ran around in the classroom 
He thought that that's what you do in school. You could just run around and get up out of your seat and go wherever you want and look at other people's things and, and just do whatever you want. Now that doesn't help to learn in school. Now you can tell Willie, Willie, you must sit down. If you won't, I'm going to punish you. See, but see, Willie doesn't understand those things. Because Willie, Willie doesn't think like you and I do. He's special. But there's something about Willie. Willie likes to fit in. Willie likes to be as others, even though he won't be as others. You know what Willie started doing? Willie started watching the other children in the class. And he saw that they didn't run around. They didn't mess up things. They, they listened to the teacher. They sat at their place and they would color when they're supposed to color and write when they're supposed to write and be quiet when they're supposed to be quiet. And it didn't take very long and Willie started doing the same thing. Why? Because Willie wanted to be like others. He didn't want to be just different. He wanted to be like others. He wanted to do what others do. He wanted to belong. He wanted to fit in. Now, children and all the rest of us, that's how we are. Yes, there are those people who like to be unique in the uniquest sense of the word. And we all want to be special. And at the same time, we don't. Do any of you really like to stick out? I don't think so. There's usually something wrong if a person does. I remember when we lived in Alberta we had a family that became part of our congregation that moved in from another community they have been part of a congregation and then there have been a lot of difficulties and they chose to not be part of that church and then for a number of years before they actually moved to where we were and became part of our congregation they just visited another congregation and there's a place for that I want people to understand that but I still remember when that couple chose, that family chose to locate to our congregation and become part with us. Their oldest son, who at that time probably was about eight years old, asked his parents a question. If we move there, are we going to visit or are we going to belong? That's significant. That's significant. He knew the difference. And he wanted to fit in. He wanted to belong. He wanted to identify. He wanted the security of this is home. Let's look at the passage. First Peter chapter two, beginning at verse four. To whom coming? And that refers to the gracious Lord of verse three. 
as unto a lively stone disallowed indeed of men but chosen of God and precious ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ wherefore also it is contained in the scripture behold I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone elect promise and he that believeth on me shall not be confounded unto you therefore which believe he is precious but unto them which be disobedient the stone which the builders disallowed the same is made the head of the corner and a stone of stumbling a rock of offense even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient whereunto they also they were appointed but ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people that ye should so forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light which in time past were not a people but now are the people of God which had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy I've broken it down into two parts first of all the living stone and then the lively stone let's look at the living stone first of all we'll jump back and forth throughout this passage a little bit the characteristics of the living stone which of course is Jesus Christ first of all in verse 4 unto whom coming is unto a living stone any of you ever seen a stone that lit, that breathed? Uh, I've taught science for a number of years in school and never found one like that. Yes, some supposed, you know, were fo uh, fossils that that had came out of plant material or things like that, or animal material, and became rock through pressure or heat or things like that but I haven't found stones that actually lived and moved on their own and grew on their own like living beings like living organisms do but Jesus Christ is the living stone and he is living because he is the resurrection and the life He didn't get life, he is life. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 15, 45, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit, a spirit that is that makes alive. He didn't receive life from some other source like you and I do. Christ has life within himself. He is the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And he's a life-giving spirit. And so, Jesus is alive. He is a living stone. Secondly, he is the chief cornerstone. Now, I don't know much about construction. I've been involved in it at some point, some time. But I know things are done somewhat different now than they used to in Bible times. We do in the Bible times and times uh, at that time people used cornerstones. And a house, a building was put part of the foundation, part of the structure of the house was a cornerstone. It was carefully chosen. It was carefully laid, carefully placed. And it one of its main functions was it helped determine the rest of the house, the rest of the structure of the house, the rest of the 
of the solidness of the house it, it actually helped hold the building together because it was not to shift not to move was a chief cornerstone. Not just any rock did qualify. It was carefully selected, carefully placed because it had a very specific person purpose if the building was to meet the goal, the intent of, of the person who put it up. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone of the church, of the building of God. You take Jesus Christ out of the church, we'll have a structure that will collapse. It won't stand. It's going to fall apart. It is, Jesus is the one that, that is the orientation of the entire church of Jesus Christ. And he holds it together. In Ephesians chapter 2 it says, We are built upon, the church is built upon the foundation of apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. No other foundation can man lay than the one that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. <coughs> Thirdly, however, this cornerstone didn't has didn't meet everybody's approval was rejected although it was chosen verse 4 it was disallowed indeed of men and chosen of god verse 7 unto you therefore which believe he is precious but unto them which be disobedient the stone which the builders disallowed the same is made the head of the corner Stone of stumbling, a rock out of, of offense. Jesus spoke of this in Matthew chapter 21, verse 43, <coughs> when he said, The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. And he was speaking to exactly the people who were rejecting the stone. That word disallowed, rejected, means that they tested it whether it would meet the approval of man. But it failed uh, in their terms. It did not meet the test. It did not qualify. There was something. It didn't meet their eye. It did not meet their expectations. And so they rejected the stone. And that's why Jewish people today still reject the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, of who he is. He did not meet who they thought he should be. We must remember that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Not by my expectations. Not because I decide what Jesus Christ should be, what the chief cornerstone should like. But God, but God, God contradicted man's verdict. That which 
Man's decided and said is worthless, cannot be used. God, the Bible says, is, it is precious. And he has exalted it. He has highly esteemed this stone. Honored it. Given it the most important position. How do we relate to Jesus Christ? Who is he in our life? We really, we can't have a Christian life without Jesus but I'm wondering, do we sometimes have Jesus as just so that we can ha we have an adjective of what our life is about instead of the reality of what life is about? The life of what life is about? Scripture tells us here, to you which believe he is precious, to those who reject him, He's a stone, stone of stumbling. Either Jesus Christ is my cornerstone, or he's the cornerstone of our church here at Prairie, or he's the stumbling stone. Either he is the stone on which everything builds and holds together, or he is the stone that's going to cause us, or as a group, to stumble. And who, who, well, what happens when you stumble? You hurt yourself. You really don't hurt others. Yes, you do. But you basically hurt yourself and you bring shame and ruin. A rock of offense, even to them that stumble at the word. What causes, what causes people to reject Jesus? What causes that Jesus Christ becomes a stumbling stone. It says, To you that believe he is precious. And then in verse 8, it becomes a rock of offense at those that are disobedient at the word. The root cause is unbelief. And unbelief, of course, is more than just that I don't believe. It is a very comprehensive term that involves the whole matter of obedience and a walk by faith. We've talked about that in our Sunday school lesson. And this cornerstone to people like that actually now becomes one that is against them. Jesus said in Matthew 41, uh, 21 verse further when it says a stone which the builders rejected the same has become the head of the corner it's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes therefore I say unto you the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and he's talking here to the, to the church leaders of that time and shall be given to a nation bringing forth the fruits of it and whosoever shall fall on the stone shall be broken but on whomsoever it shall fall it will grind into powder those that reject Jesus Christ, those that do not make Him their cornerstone, personally, and the life of the church, He's a stone of stumbling now and the stone crusher at the end. Fourthly, 
this living stone is approachable verse 4 to whom coming I understand that that word to whom coming it, it's done with, the, with a drawing near with the intent, intention of staying of enjoying a long term fellowship close relationship that's what this stone is all about close intimate approachable inviting and a stone where you want to stay at not just glance at and then go on you know generally foundations are in something that are extremely appealing very necessary but in our society we often, we tend to cover them up and put nice things around them dirt and then flowers and all, all kinds of other things who wants to expose a foundation the most beautiful thing about the church is its foundation and fifthly this stone is honorable not only to God verse 6 I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone elect precious and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded shall not be ashamed shall not be disappointed shall not be confused shall not be let down anyone who builds on the stone of Jesus Christ will get more than he expected Christ is the preciousness and the honor that the believer has it's not so much an honor to believe on him it is rather stating the value that we place on Christ. The Christian shares God's acceptance of Christ. We look at Christ with God's evaluation. And God says, Jesus is precious. And we say, Amen. I agree. The Christian perceives a value in Christ that he puts in nobody else why? we're willing to live for him I hope we're willing to die for him if that's the case we want him to be our best friend not because we do things to appeal to him to be our best friend we want to be the kind of person that he will that he becomes to us the best friend we have in fact we stake our entire destiny our entire salvation you place every, every bit of worth that you have on him you take, you take Jesus Christ away from a Christian and there's nothing But if I want to see the value of Christ, I need to see myself as being needy, poor, helpless, as He's the only one that gives me worth. I have no self merit. He is the only one.
a king through whom I have hope without him I perish see and I believe that that's why so many people struggle with becoming a Christian because this whole thing is I want to be somebody by myself that doesn't work a true Christian is somebody who has finally realized what God thinks of us and we say yes that's who I am nothing and he everything that you and I are, are is because of what he has done in his we are made in his image we are loved because he loved us he died for us he gave us life Jesus says without me we can do nothing really because we are nothing that makes Jesus extremely precious to the child of God let's for a little bit yet look at what these lively stones are like first of all I'd like to just remind us that it's, it, talks, it talks about these lively stones not as individual rocks scattered around. In fact, the terms that Peter uses to describe, they are collective, corporate, but singular. He talks of the stone as if it's a building. Not many buildings, one building. He talks of the stone as being a generation, priesthood, nation, people not as individuals but as one corporate group singular term these lively stones first of all verse 10 I'm jumping to verse 10 it says they've been changed which in time past were not a people now are the people of God you didn't have mercy now you've received it everybody who becomes part of the building of God did not start there I know we know that some people somehow after some time feel that I've always been here no nobody was was born as part of the church we all became we all were changed. At one point in time, every one of us here was not part of that special, recognized people group. At one time, we were not a people. All of us were individuals under the influence, of course, of Satan. We did not have mercy at that point. We were in darkness, fear, hopelessness, emptiness. No prospect, no future. But that's all different. All those that are true part of the body of Christ have had the same experience of being changed. They must have. That's the one, that's the one identifying factor that we must all share. 
fact I was reading something the other day and that talks about this talks says you know what is the most what should be the Christian's second most important book now we know what the first one is survival what this writer says the second most important book that, that, a, that a believer should have is his home church directory he said what? because that's where I belong not just because my, your name is in the book it's because everybody else's name is in the book that doesn't mean that others that are not in that book are not important that they're not Christians but this is where I belong this is home that is very important and if you don't think that's important start traveling with me for a while and you don't mind being at home and you don't mind being with home people this is where I belong the second thing first of all we're changed the second these lively stones are a temple now this text does not use that word but it talks about this building and it's made out of stones by the way it's not made out of bricks it's made out of stones there's a big difference between stone and brick brick are all the same same dimensions same color in fact you want the brick and a building to all be the same or at least the same strength you want that we are stones have you ever seen a building that's made out of stone there's no two pieces that are the same not the same size not the same shape not the same color now some people say aha that means in the church everybody can just be themselves and do what you want no it's not what it says but I know that in our brotherhood here I know also in other brotherhoods we're all different praise the Lord but I hope that everybody that's part of the brotherhood at Prairie is also the same because if we wouldn't be we can't be tied together these stones have to fit together mortar together And Peter says, you know, you you are the lively stones of this of the temple of God that are molded together, that are shaped together, that are and and I, I'm not a mason, but I know that those that lay brick, they one brick is the same as another, lay them the way you know, put them up. 
But that's not how somebody who does stonemasonry works. I understand that they work hard at how to put this thing together. Not only that it's going to look that it's going to look nice, but that it's going to fit and then be strong. These rock pieces, these these brick, these uh, stones need to be each laid at the right spot and put together. That that's an art in itself, and we must remember that that God is the mason of His building. Stones don't decide where they're going to be; the mason decides that. And so I don't decide which stone is going to be next to me either. I need to fit in. And so does he. But so you see the house, and I have to remember the house is, is made of stones that fit together. If the stones don't fit together, we have, we have just a pile of rock. No stone manifests its true value in a building by standing alone. It always manifests its value by being part of the building. And it must, they must all rest upon, be connected to in some way to the cornerstone. So if this stone says, I'm not going to be, a, I'm getting out of here. Well, it leaves an ugly hole, unsightly, and it weakens the entire structure. Peter I believe is appealing and he's saying you are part of the building of God and we, we need to fit together for God's glory we need to fit together so that God will be honored you t- I've seen many many buildings some ornate buildings beautiful architecture what makes them that way? it's how the pieces have been put together and how they stay together each one doing its part and what does that do? That gives those that look on and just say, wow! What a structure. And that's really what people looking on should say about the church. Look at that master builder. But look at all those pieces that work together to make it happen. It's like a puzzle that has many pieces but only one true picture and all the puzzles have all the pieces have to be put in the right place they can't just have the right frame the the pieces must be put at the right location and those pieces must fit with all the pieces next to it And so I as the stone in the building of God need to be acceptable and accepting of the pieces that are next to me. Fourthly, no, thirdly, quickly here, we better go. It says we are a chosen generation. Now something is chosen, that means it's selected. A generation means it's of a common descent, of a family. 
and God has designed his body that they would clearly demonstrate what a group is like when God is the Lord did any of you choose your brothers or sisters I hope not that was done by by sources above us and really that's what the church is all about and what Christ accepts as my brother and sister in the local body and in the church of Jesus Christ I need to accept as a brother and sister as well what he accepts as son or daughter fourthly a royal priesthood now that's that's an interesting combination royal so it means it's dignified and glorious and a priesthood that means it's sanctified holy so the church is has, has a characteristic of royalty with it that which is majestic that which is has some striking magnificence about it I, I, I'm I, I know I'm, I'm half American now and, but there's something about me that's still strongly Canadian because I appreciate the British Queen maybe it's because in our family that, that, that always was a, a pretty high important trait I did have the opportunity to see her once in person at quite a distance of course And yes, there are many, many government leaders of all kinds that have all kinds of colorful and questionable characteristics. There's, there seems to be something about Queen Elizabeth that's still dignified. And that's also what the body of Christ is about. Dignity, royalty, and then sanctity, holiness service to God that's what that's what a priesthood was there for to offer sacrifices to intercede and so really the church is the royal residence of Jesus Christ fifthly a holy nation now a nation is a group of people that have the same government and share some similar characteristics we all know that this is what it's to be an American this is not what it's like to be an American I found that out very quickly when I was in Ukraine not about Americans I found out that there's a serious difference between those that are Russian and those that are Ukrainian of course with the conflict that they have over there uh, uh, really marks that very very quickly in fact, don't go around and saying that there is a civil war in the Ukraine. There was an invasion, <laughs> not a civil war. Okay, by the way, a holy nation. A holy nation. That means that the church is a group of people that are separately identified, distinct, pure. And you, no such a thing as dual citizenship, a belonging to a multitude of things, and nations and groups. No, you belong. 
a holy nation. And that, of course, is, uh, is connected with God's moral character. Concentrated, consecrated to God because of his character. Holy nation. And then sixthly, a peculiar people. Now that, is, that, that's, that's, that doesn't mean weird. But that word peculiarity means actually a beautiful word it means something that you surround with a circle and everything inside belongs as if Jesus has drawn a circle around the church and says this is mine I own this there is a boundary a borderline and if you're inside you are my jewel you are you are you are my personal possession a peculiar people distinct like I said before some people don't like to be distinct but we all want to fit in we all want to be the apple of the eye in some way Somebody, Henry M. Morris wrote and said true fellowship is not merely being a Christian that's socializing in the church it's sharing love and concern time and talents possession and even life as need and circumstances demand with others that are part of the household of faith and I know here at Prairie and at other places that is true Lastly, a called out people. A people that have were once in darkness, now are light. A people that were invited to experience what it's like to be chosen, to be selected for a specific assignment of showing forth, of declaring the praises of him, the worthiness of him, that is the work of the church that is the work of this called out body of this body that belongs together is to declare the praises and worthiness of the one that has done it we're not here just to see whether we can build each other up yes that's part of it encourage each other yes that's part of it do social service kind of work yes that's part of it we are here to exalt him to magnify him to make him big and glorious to demonstrate the character of our owner I know I've rushed through this but I hope this morning that there's two things several things but two of them that all of you enjoy belonging to the body of Christ and secondly that all of us are determined to fit in and to allow others to also fit in to that body why? because we see Jesus as a precious one where it's suitable let's kneel to pray